This is Avery After Dark, and I'm your host, Avery Ross. Today, we are talking about one of the most shocking cases. It involves a mother-daughter duo, lies, revenge, and ultimately, murder. Nothing is what it seems in this story. This is the case of Gypsy Rose and Dee Dee Blanchard. Let's start from the beginning. Gypsy Rose Blanchard was born on July 27, 1991, in Golden Meadow, Louisiana. Her mother, Claudine Dee Dee, got pregnant with Gypsy at 24 with Gypsy's father, Rob Blanchard. The two initially got married when they found out that Dee Dee was pregnant, but realized that they got married for the wrong reasons, and the two separated shortly before Gypsy was born. So Dee Dee described Rod as a drug-addicted deadbeat dad and said that he pretty much abandoned them. But Rod maintains that he stayed in contact with Gypsy and also sent them money regularly. But from the beginning, Dee Dee played into this dynamic of her being the single parent, extremely devoted to her daughter, and there was also something else to this. From a young age, Dee Dee appeared to be convinced there was something extremely wrong with Gypsy Rose. When Gypsy was just a baby, Dee Dee began bringing her to the hospital. Dee Dee told doctors that she believed Gypsy Rose had sleep apnea. And this began a disturbing pattern for the two of them. Dee Dee told doctors that she thought her daughter had a chromosomal disorder and there was something terribly wrong with her. She would bring Gypsy Rose into the hospital frequently with these terrifying stories of what had happened at home. But the thing was, doctors couldn't find anything wrong with Gypsy Rose at all. They ran tests, they observed her, and from what they could tell, Gypsy Rose was a completely healthy and normal baby girl. But Dee Dee didn't want to hear this or accept it. She began monitoring Gypsy's every move, a true helicopter parent, fearing that at any second something fatal could happen to her daughter. And that was Gypsy Rose's entire childhood. Being watched and treated like she was on the brink of hospitalization and death at any given moment. Rod Blanchard ended up remarrying, and Dee Dee and Gypsy Rose moved into Dee Dee's father and stepmother's house. They later claimed that during this time, Dee Dee would prepare her stepmother's meals, and they believed that she was poisoning her with Roundup weed killer. During this period, the stepmother became chronically ill until Dee Dee moved out, and the stepmother actually fully recovered shortly after. Then, when Gypsy Rose was around eight years old, she fell off her grandpa's motorcycle, but only just scraped her knee. But as you can guess, Dee Dee rushed her to the hospital, and again, doctors told her that Gypsy Rose would be just fine. But from this point on, Dee Dee believed that Gypsy Rose would need several surgeries until she would be fully healed from this fall. And Gypsy Rose would now remain in a wheelchair as to not aggravate the knee further. Every day, she would be in a wheelchair. Every day. At eight years old. 
And this was how life was for Gypsy, in and out of the hospital and medical facilities at Dee Dee's request. So there are family and friends around and they begin questioning what's going on with Dee Dee, what's going on with Gypsy. These mystery ailments popping up out of nowhere, the sudden need for a wheelchair, every other week is another ER visit. It would be like one of your family or friend's children all of a sudden not being able to walk. You would want to know what's going on. And what does Dee Dee do when she starts getting questioned about Gypsy Rose? She packs up and moves away from them. She also took Gypsy out of school and began homeschooling her. Gypsy Rose later said that she only learned to read through Harry Potter books on her own. But this alienated her further from kids her own age and made her solely dependent on her mom. Dee Dee found a rundown apartment in public housing, and this was in another town in Louisiana called Slidell, closer to New Orleans, and there she and Gypsy lived off the disability checks that she collected from her daughter's supposed illnesses. She was caring for her quote-unquote full-time at this point. In this new town, she gets a brand new set of doctors to update on her daughter's countless illnesses. The chromosomal disorder, the muscular dystrophy, and Dee Dee added a few new issues. Dee Dee now claimed that Gypsy had problems with her hearing and vision and stated that Gypsy Rose was actually suffering from seizures at home. Although zero of these illnesses were ever confirmed by doctors, they just went on Dee Dee's word and prescribed anti-seizure medications and pain meds for Gypsy Rose. If you are anything like me, you're probably asking yourself why these doctors would go along with Dee Dee Blanchard. I mean, these are trained professionals? I think the answer is that Dee Dee doctor shopped. So, meaning she would search around, visit different ERs, different clinics, and if she found a doctor that questioned anything that she said about her daughter's illnesses, she would no longer go see that doctor. And when she would find a doctor that would go along with it, She kept that doctor around for as long as she could. But it still really begs the question, why wasn't this investigated more? And I think nowadays we know a lot more about what was actually going on. But it is very shocking that Dee Dee was able to get away with this for so long. Every time they turned around, Dee Dee was back in the hospital with another devastating horror story of something that happened at home. Gypsy is suffering with this. Now she is suffering with that. And you can think, okay, going to sit in the ER, but in reality, every time she dragged her daughter to the hospital, it was needles and injections and procedures and medications all for this child who had absolutely nothing wrong with her. It sucks going to the hospital when you are sick, but at least when you're there, you know you need to be there and you need to be taken care of and helped. But think about being that young 
having your mom, which is someone that you count on the most as a child, telling you that you're fatally ill, that there's something wrong with you, you can't walk, you need to be medicated and monitored daily, all the while separating you from any friends, school, social life, or family. And people that met Dee Dee didn't know any different. And they were actually praising her for being this super mom, taking care of Gypsy Rose, tending to her every need. She was getting patted on the back and praised for her dedication to her daughter. So this continues on until 2005, when Hurricane Katrina hits and it forces Dee Dee and Gypsy Rose out of Louisiana. They up and move even farther away from friends and family to Aurora, Missouri. And at this point, Rod Blanchard, Gypsy Rose's father, has another family. And I don't believe he was very involved while she was living in Louisiana. But now that Gypsy Rose is in Missouri, he definitely didn't see her as much. And again, Dee Dee gets a brand new set of doctors to share her daughter's story with. And when doctors ask for Gypsy Rose's medical records so they can validate Dee Dee's claims, Dee Dee tells them that all of those medical records were washed away and destroyed in Hurricane Katrina, along with Gypsy Rose's birth certificate. So they couldn't even validate what age she was. Once they get to Missouri, Dee Dee upped the ante. The mother and daughter duo became local celebrities in a way and are treated as beacons of strength and hope for the rights of disabled people. As the time progressed, the list of Gypsy's supposed conditions grew. Along with the previous ailments that I've stated, the muscular dystrophy, seizures, hearing and vision issues, Dee Dee also claimed that Gypsy Rose had leukemia and asthma. She also told people that Gypsy was born prematurely and had brain damage, saying that she had the mental capacity of a seven-year-old. They shared their story, and Dee Dee paraded Gypsy around town in her wheelchair, looking frail and sickly, attracting people's attention and sympathy. And it wasn't long until their story spread. Habitat for Humanity found out about the Blanchards and built them a house set with a wheelchair ramp and a hot tub. The Make-A-Wish Foundation sent them on trips to Disney World. They got backstage passes to concerts. Foundations were sending them gifts. The two were beloved by the community. People were charmed by Gypsy Rose when they met her. She was toothless. She spoke in a childlike voice and wore hats or wigs to cover her baldness to mimic a chemo patient. She also was frequently pictured holding stuffed animals, toys, dolls, further giving that appearance of a sickly child. And who cannot feel bad for a sickly child? But behind the scenes, Gypsy Rose feared her mother's retaliation and physical abuse if she didn't act the way she was supposed to. When they were out, Dee Dee always held Gypsy's hand in the presence of others. Whenever Gypsy would slip up and say something that deterred from the story of her being ill, 
Dee Dee would tightly squeeze her hand in a threatening way, monitoring every word that came out of her mouth. And later, when they would get home, Dee Dee would hit her with her hand or a coat hanger if she misbehaved. But to the world, Dee Dee had everyone fooled. Her lies about Gypsy Rose's health were convincing, but things were beginning to unravel. Through all this press that they were getting, quite a few doctors and specialists were reaching out to Dee Dee and attempting to help. One of these doctors, named Bernardo Flasterstein, offered to see Gypsy Rose in his clinic, one-on-one. Dr. Flasterstein is a pediatric neurologist from nearby Springfield. So this is someone who treats children on a daily basis. Dee Dee agrees and takes Gypsy Rose to his clinic and he examines her. Through his tests and honestly from just looking at Gypsy Rose, he discovers something incredibly shocking. He didn't see any reason why Gypsy Rose doesn't walk. And he told Dee Dee this. There's no reason that your daughter should be in a wheelchair. And when he did, Dee Dee brushed him off. So this is a pediatric specialist, and he's telling a mother news that she should be absolutely thrilled to hear. A dream come true for so many parents that their child can walk. But Dee Dee completely shuts it down and wheels Gypsy Rose back out of the clinic. Red flag alert. Not only was there nothing wrong with Gypsy Rose, but for this doctor to give this kind of news to Dee Dee and for her to say, you know, you don't know what you're talking about and sticking her back in the wheelchair and pushing her out. The doctor realized there was something very, very wrong here. He began reaching out to some of the doctors in Louisiana. He tracked down a few of them in New Orleans and found out that not all of Gypsy Rose's medical records were washed away like Dee Dee claimed. He spoke with them and confirmed through their examinations and records that Gypsy Rose was a completely healthy child he began to realize that it was actually Dee Dee who was truly ill. But what with? Munchausen syndrome by proxy. This is a mental disorder and form of child abuse. It's where a caretaker of a child, most often a mother, either makes up fake symptoms or causes real symptoms to make it look like the child is sick. Not to be confused with Munchausen syndrome, which is where someone pretends that they are ill or deliberately produce symptoms of illness in themselves. Overall, the main intention of both of these is to gain attention and sympathy either as the caretaker or the person who is sick. The exact cause of Munchausen is not known. But researchers look at the roles of biological and psychological factors in its development, and some theories suggest that a history of abuse or neglect as a child or the early loss of a parent may be factors in its development. 
undoubtedly Munchausen by proxy is child abuse. A way to tell that someone has Munchausen's is making frequent visits to hospitals in different areas, claiming to have a history of complex and very serious medical conditions, all while having little to no evidence to support it. AKA, their symptoms and supposed conditions don't match the test results. This is a relatively rare disorder, and in general, I found that only 1% meet the requirement for Munchausen in general medicine. So, Dr. Flasterstein is putting two and two together. Dee Dee Blanchard was actually the sick one, putting her daughter through all this, but he wasn't the only one catching on. Gypsy Rose herself began to suspect that there was something incredibly wrong with her mother. Firstly, she knew she could walk. And in 2010, Dee Dee was telling everyone that Gypsy Rose was 14 years old. She was actually 19. The scary thing was, Dee Dee had Gypsy Rose essentially completely cut off from the world. But as she got older, Gypsy knew there was something off and began trying to escape as her mom essentially held her prisoner. One night, she ran to a neighbor's house, banging on the door and demanding a ride to the hospital. And of course, Dee Dee ran right after her and intervened, explaining that Gypsy Rose wasn't in her right mind. I mean, she was so sick. And Dee Dee took her home. And this became a regular thing. Anytime Gypsy would begin to rebel or tell people she needed help or was actually, in fact, a healthy kid, Dee Dee would explain it away. She'd tell people that Gypsy was sick in the head. Her mind was addled by disease. She actually would tell people that Gypsy Rose was mentally challenged as well. Wow. Again, Dee Dee's motherly charm and lies worked, and every time Gypsy Rose tried to escape from this purgatory she was in, she was dragged right back home, right back to the abuse. Needless to say, she was beginning to hit her limit, and things were about to take a violent turn. We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. So Gypsy Rose began plotting an escape and was starting to use the internet when Dee Dee went to sleep at night. Gypsy would log into chat rooms and try to meet men, hoping one of them could save her. I believe a lot of people are disappointed in Gypsy Rose's father. Where was he? Rod maintained that he stayed in his daughter's life, but obviously didn't do anything to help her from the situation she was in with her mother. And that part is really sad to me. What maybe would have happened if he would have been more involved in looking out for his daughter? Gypsy Rose was honestly looking for someone to save her, and it wasn't going to be her dad. So she continued to search for this online, Dee Dee found out about this one night and chained Gypsy Rose to her bed and also threatened to smash her fingers with a hammer. 
I mean, can you imagine how sick and twisted this woman was? Gypsy Rose was grown at this point, but Dee Dee was altering her appearance to make her look like a kid still. Dressing her like a 10-year-old, shaving her head, her room was covered with toys and dolls. But Gypsy was 21 years old at this point. She wasn't a kid anymore. And she continued to log online and look for men, maybe someone that could help her. And she found one. In 2012, she met a young man in one of these chat rooms, and the two began talking. She shared her story, he shared his, and they began a relationship. His name was Nicholas Godajan, a 23-year-old man from Wisconsin. Nicholas was a troubled young man and had a criminal record, indecent exposure, and a history of mental illness. But Nicholas was pursuing Gypsy Rose. After a few months of meeting, he drove down to see her. He snuck into their house when Dee Dee was out one day, and the two were intimate. This is a turning point. This is where they begin to plan Dee Dee's murder. The two continued to message online through Facebook and planned to kill Dee Dee. The plan was the two of them would wait until she went to sleep one night, Gypsy Rose would let Nicholas in, and he would kill her. And in June 2015, the plan was set into motion. Gypsy Rose let Nicholas in, allegedly gave him duct tape, gloves, and a knife, and Nicholas stabbed Dee Dee 17 times in the back while Gypsy Rose hid in the bathroom and covered her ears so she wouldn't have to hear her mother's screams. The two were then intimate in Gypsy's bedroom, took $4,000 cash that Dee Dee had kept in the house from child support checks. They then packed up and left. They first went to stay at a hotel in Springfield for a few days while they plotted their next move, and they are seen on security cameras in multiple different places during this day. They mailed the murder weapon back to Nicholas's house in Wisconsin and then hopped on a bus there. Gypsy Rose later said that during this time, she believed that she had gotten away with the crime. During these few days, neighbors and friends grew concerned after a concerning Facebook status posted from Dee Dee's account. It read, That bitch is dead. Friends felt something wasn't right. Although it was common for the two to make unexpected trips to the hospital, neighbors noticed not a lot of movement coming from the Blanchard house. That, along with the Facebook post, and then a string of unanswered phone calls, some of the friends went to the Blanchard's house to investigate. They pulled up and see Dee Dee's car is still in the driveway. They tried to look inside, but it looked super dark, so they called 911. Police get there, but they have to wait on a search warrant to be issued before they could enter. But one of the neighbors was able to climb through a window and entered the home. Firstly, he saw that all of Gypsy's wheelchairs were still there. And once the warrant was issued, police entered to find Dee Dee's lifeless body. She was 48 years old. So Dee Dee is dead. 
and Gypsy Rose is nowhere to be found. Police feared the worst. This girl could not survive on her own. And who would want this sweet, doting mother dead? Dee Dee was admired in the community. At first, they believed that this could be some kind of robbery gone wrong. But was Gypsy Rose kidnapped? All of her medications, oxygen tanks, feeding tubes were all present. How long could she survive out in the world if she was taken? A GoFundMe was started to pay for Dee Dee's funeral, and the search for Gypsy Rose was underway. It wasn't until one of Gypsy Rose's neighbors told police that she was aware of a secret relationship between Gypsy Rose and Nicholas Godijan. Police do some digging and ultimately track them down in Wisconsin. But they are in for another shock. When they find Gypsy, she is seemingly healed overnight. She's walking on her own, eating on her own. Looking at the surveillance footage after Dee Dee's murder, she was freely moving about like a perfectly normal and healthy woman. Once police catch these two, they surrender and were taken into custody on charges of murder. The two were then extradited back to Springfield and held on one million bond. When Gypsy Rose was found unharmed and alive, the community was relieved. But Greene County Sheriff Jim Arnott warned the public that things are not always as they appear. And then everything came to light. The public learned that Gypsy Rose was never sick. She had always been able to walk. Dee Dee made her appear and pretend like she was ill by abusing and controlling Gypsy Rose her entire life. Arnott also urged people to stop donating money to Dee Dee's GoFundMe, as this appeared to be a complete fraud. An investigation was underway. Police asked Gypsy Rose why she posted that message on her mother's Facebook and she said she wrote it because she wanted her mom's body to be discovered. As police talked to her and realized what Gypsy lived through, it was fairly obvious that this was someone who had been severely abused. Gypsy Rose was incredibly thin and actually gained weight after being arrested, if that tells you anything about what it was like living at home. Most times when someone is arrested or is in this kind of situation, they will often lose weight, and Gypsy Rose gained weight, if that tells you anything. Gypsy Rose informed them of what Dee Dee had done to her, keeping her prisoner for all these years, forcing her into living as a sick child, relentlessly dragging her to surgery she didn't need, poisoning her, shaving her head regularly so people believed she was ill. As guessed before, after this emerged, many agreed that Dee Dee Blanchard was severely mentally ill with Munchausen's by proxy, and her daughter, Gypsy Rose, was her victim. Psychiatrists labeled Gypsy as a victim of child abuse. Not only had she forced Gypsy to fake illnesses, but she had also hit her, restrained her to the bed, and would deny her food. After learning the truth, the community felt immense sympathy for Gypsy Rose. 
the public opinion of Dee Dee completely shifted from admiration to hate. But there was still the upcoming trial for her murder. Gypsy Rose accepted a plea deal after the case, and it was actually described as, quote, extraordinary and unusual. And it was. She was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Nicholas Godijan, on the other hand, faced more severe charges as prosecutors believe he initiated the murder plot. His trial was actually postponed, though, as his lawyers contended that he had an IQ of 82 and was on the autism spectrum, thus suggesting that he had diminished capacity. But he ended up going to trial, and Gypsy actually testified about the two's plan. She said they both agreed that Nicholas would kill Dee Dee. But another plan Gypsy had was to get pregnant by Nicholas, so she would have his baby, and then Dee Dee would be forced to accept him. Nicholas Godijan was sentenced to life in prison. When interviewed, Dee Dee's family in Louisiana believed she deserved her fate for what she did to Gypsy Rose. And actually, no one wanted to pay for Dee Dee's funeral. And so her father and stepmother ultimately flushed Dee Dee's ashes down the toilet. Wow. In 2018, Gypsy Rose was interviewed for 2020 as she serves in a Missouri Correctional Center and said that she feels more free in prison than living with her mom because, quote, I'm allowed to just live like a normal woman. She also said that she's been able to research Munchausen by proxy to better understand her mom. Gypsy said she felt the need to escape when she saw other people her age socializing, having fun, dating, and living their lives while she was held captive. Gypsy says she is remorseful, but still feels she's much better off without Dee Dee. She also expressed an anger at doctors for never catching on to her mom's lies or questioning her more. They just believed her. The public just believed her. She said everyone went along with it, everyone besides Dr. Flasterstein. After finding out about Dee Dee's murder, Dr. Flasterstein said, Poor Gypsy. She suffered all those years and for no reason. He also expressed he wished he could have done more and said that this was only his second case of this nature that he had seen in his practice. In June of this year, Gypsy got married while still in prison to a man named Ryan Scott Anderson, and she will be eligible for parole next year. She is healthy and reportedly doing well in prison. But psychologists and professionals in the field urge a close eye be kept on Gypsy Rose after all she went through. Victims of Munchausen by proxy can often develop PTSD, anxiety, depression, and psychiatric problems due to years of persistently being abused and regarded as ill. They can also be reluctant to seek out any kind of medical care, with a complete lack of trust in doctors, and for a fear of being triggered or re-experiencing abuse at the hands of these doctors. Essentially, they don't have any trust in the people who you should be able to trust. 
professionals, family, all those people who were supposed to care for her and protect her did not. This is really one of the most shocking cases for a number of reasons. Firstly, because it really goes against nature. A mother harming their own child. These kinds of stories always hit hard because it's just so wrong. Mothers are supposed to nurture, protect, and guide their children, not abuse them for the sake of gaining attention, sympathy, or money. Secondly, it seemed like Dee Dee had a history of this type of behavior with the stepmother and the fact that people knew that she could be capable of something like this. It's shocking that Gypsy's father wasn't more involved, as well as her friends and family. And I can already hear the comments. It wasn't his fault. It is quite literally every parent's job on the face of the earth to look out for their child. No matter what. Let's stop making excuses for that. If he would have stepped in earlier, could Gypsy Rose been spared years of abuse? Yes. And lastly, it was shocking how it all came to an end. In murder. Gypsy Rose found another incredibly sick person in Nicholas Godijan, and that's how the whole ordeal came to an end. It's startling how long this went on and how far Dee Dee took this. Chaining her adult daughter to the bed. The physical violence of it all. I do believe this started with Dee Dee and the attention and the sympathy she got from it, but I also think it eventually turned into a profitable deal for Dee Dee. Getting homes built for her, living off disability, charity handouts. It was a full-on scam and fraud, and Dee Dee was in the driver's seat with her daughter being held captive. And I don't even really like saying that Gypsy Rose lived like a prisoner. Because quite honestly, I think most prisoners live much better than she did. Are they starved? No. Are they poisoned? No. Are they forced into surgeries they don't need? No. I don't believe that prison is anywhere that you want to be. But I think it's a testament to what Gypsy Rose went through that she says her life in prison is better than her life with her mother. That says a lot. I believe many feel Gypsy Rose should have received a lighter sentence and should be freed after all she went through. And I do feel the utmost sympathy for Gypsy Rose, and I pray the best for her. I don't condone the brutality of Dee Dee's murder but I do believe she deserves a great life, and I hope that when she's released, she has a great circle of supportive people around her, because she certainly didn't get that from her sick mother. Whew, what a case, am I right? I think I need a nap after this one. If you want these episodes ad-free, which is always nice, and you want to support the Avery After Dark podcast and TikTok, join my Patreon. It's only three bucks a month. That link is beneath this podcast, and I'm going to try to upload as much as I can to the Patreon, as well as the links to the official TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. That's all below. 
go give them a follow and stay up to date. I just wanted to say how much I appreciate you all for listening, supporting, and being little detectives like myself. Love you guys, and I will see you next episode. Have a fantastic week. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Bye, guys.